Hi, mamas. Today, I am joined by the incredible Kristen Lindell. She is a certified life coach for stepmoms. This episode has so many incredible nuggets to help you as a mom. During this conversation, you're going to learn the two key pieces of being a better communicator with your spouse. Wouldn't you just love to cut your fights in half? Kristen's tips are pure gold, and I can't wait to try them in my own home. One of the big tips for me was learning how to be focused on us as a team versus just you or just me. So basically not being focused on being right, but actually understanding your spouse. This can be a challenging one, am I right? And if you're new here, you may not know that I am also a stepmom. Slater is over 30 now, but I would have loved to have had Kristen's tips and honestly understanding how it can feel at times to be a stepmom. There aren't enough conversations around this, but Kristen and I dive right in. I bet you want to know how you can build a better relationship with your stepkids, don't you? Make sure you go to Kristen's Instagram listed in the show notes to learn some of these free tips and tricks to help you love being a stepmom, but also help your communication skills at home. But before we get started, have you ever felt lost in your own skin? Have you ever felt the want to change your career, shift your job, or do something different? Do you give 110% in your job but have the itch to be your own boss? I have two. And I in my chapter called Bet on Yourself, I talk about the different pivotal moments in my life that I decided to bet on myself to roll the dice and just go for it. It was never easy, but I trusted my intuition and to be honest, my mental health to do what was best for myself and my family. If you have ever felt this way and need some inspiration to get your wheels spinning, you can purchase the compilation book where myself and four other incredible women share our stories on owning our own feminine power. Click on the link in the show notes to take you to my website to order yours. I will sign it with a personal message before I send it to you. Thanks for supporting my story. We are so happy you're here to listen to our conversation. Let's dive in to today's episode. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Reawakened Mom podcast. And I am here today with Kristen Lindell. How are you, Kristen? Doing very well. Melissa, thanks for asking. I'm very happy to be here with you all as well. Awesome. Yeah. And so you might recognize Kristen's name because she was on a little quick episode when we did the summit um, back in February, but I knew I had to have her come back to do a full episode to talk about all the things that she does, all the ways that she helps and supports stepmoms, because I myself am a stepmom, and I knew that it would be really, really powerful for all of us to have a little more time with her. So if you didn't go back, make sure you listen to that episode. Um, I'll link it in the show notes as well. But let me just remind you who Kristen is. She is a certified life coach for stepmoms, and she's a stepmom and a mom to five kids. So Mm -hmm. she's got a bunch of them. She knows what's going on. She uses conversational hypnosis, neuro-linguistic, neuro-linguistics, if I can talk, and other evidence-based modalities to help stepmoms get relief from feeling resentful and cut their heated fights in half. Oh boy, that sounds juicy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Before we dive into mm-hmm. all of that, because that will definitely take up 40, 45 minutes, 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, tell us a little bit about you. Tell us where you are. Tell us about your, your family, a little bit about you. Of course. Yeah. So I am currently based in San Diego. 
Um, and I met my husband actually in when we were both working in Washington, D.C. So he's a physician in the Navy. And we met, that's where we met, that's where we got engaged. And, you know, that's how I had come to meet his kiddos who were living in San Diego at the time. Okay. And so we relocated here for his um, job in the military, I guess about four years ago, three to four years ago at this point. And now we, you know, are splitting um, custody 50-50. So it's week on, week off with the kids. And we also have our own um, little baby who's about to turn 18 months here um, mm -hmm. in a couple of weeks. So, okay. So yeah. you jumped in and you, you jumped into a life where you had four kids automatically. Is that correct? Am I doing the math uh, correctly? Yep. You're doing the math correctly. Yes. One minus five is four. <laughs> Yeah, so you know, I basis, sort of an basis. instant, yeah, instant like, you know, parent figure to um, four kids who at the time, I think were between the ages of four and maybe nine. Yeah. Um, so they were all still like relatively, you know, on the young side. But yeah, it was definitely a lot for sure. What were you doing before you started doing this? Or were you coaching stepmoms when you became a stepmom? Or did that start <laughs> after? I'm, I'm assuming it started after, but I really don't know. Yeah, yeah. Um, so let me, so before I got into coaching, I actually worked in um, the humanitarian aid, like international development sector. I was working as a contractor for the branch of the government that does that type of work. Um, and I, but my role was always primarily to be managing people, like to, to help other people do their jobs really well. Yeah. So I've always kind of played that role in whatever um, position that I was in, whether it's through mentorship or, you know, training or managing. Um, so I'd always been more oriented towards the people side of things. And then I decided because I knew that my husband's um, career was probably going to take us to San Diego. And I said, you know, I want to do something where I can do it from anywhere, yeah. right? Which is funny because now a lot more jobs <laughs> you could do from anywhere, right? But this yeah. is pre-COVID people, yeah. okay? So I was like, I want to just have something that I can do from anywhere. And I love working with people. And I had always been interested in coaching. Like, I think I had had, um, I had done an internship somewhere where, where the HR person was also a coach. And it just, you know, she always, it was very fascinating to me to watch how she interacted with her people and her direct reports and the trainings that she did. So um, it's something I always wanted to do. So I got my certification and then basically decided, you know, who do I want to help? And I don't think I hadn't, um, maybe we had gotten married by that point. It's hard to remember because it's like, yeah. it's all squished together at this yeah. point, right? <laughs> But um, I think it was when I just became a stepmom, I was like, you know, I think there is a need for um, more support in this area, because I know even before we got married, you know, there was a lot of changes to, to deal with a lot of things that were difficult to adjust to. And I just found a lot of the like resources that were available to me at the time to, to fall pretty short and sort of give a very like, it felt like the messaging was very, I don't know what the word is just like unrealistic and yeah. sort of depressing. Mm -hmm. um, and so I wanted to provide something that was more empowering yeah. to people. And that, you know, that's where sort of the coaching side of things comes in. 
Yeah, I love that because I, so when I met my husband in 2001, my mm-hmm. stepson, um, his name's Slater. So he was nine at the time. So right now he's 30. Yeah. So, but I, you know, you, I mean, you don't really understand or know anyway, like when you get married and you have kids, like, yeah, there's no rule book, but there's really no, you have no idea when you're a stepmom because there's so many pieces to it and other people and a whole nother household where it's like, wait a second, like, where's my role? Cause I'm not your mom, but like, I'm the mom in this, like, there's so right. many different feelings of how you adjust. Like, how am I supposed to act? I don't want to overstep someone else's bow. Like there were all these feelings that were going on in my head. So I wish that you were around back in the day when I first became a stepmom, because it is, it's very hard. It's very confusing. There's yeah. a lot of emotions that go on. So kind of tell me what you do. Like, how do you help Moms like stepmoms cut the fights in half because yeah, <laughs> is it cutting fights in half with kids and then your spouse or is it both or you can just talk about both if you do both. Yeah, we well the principles are the same for both. Obviously, the way that we relate to our spouses is going to yeah. be different than the kids. Yeah, <laughs> you know, but um, so there's essentially two pieces to learning how to communicate like with more power and more influence and actually, you know, increase the likelihood of listening and maybe even real compromise, right? So the first piece is is learning what emotional states are going to help you get what you want in a conversation. Okay. (laughs) What do you mean by that? (laughs) So what that means is like, if I'm super angry, right? There's nothing wrong with being angry, right? And I say this all the time. We never want to shame our feelings. They're all normal. They're all acceptable even that resentment, even that dread. But if I'm feeling that way and I go and have a conversation while I'm feeling this way on the inside, that is much more likely, for example, to instigate myself as defensive or instigate my, you know, stepkids defensive, right? So it's fine. Like everyone has a right to be angry, right? (laughs) For example, but then I essentially teach my people when they are ready, simple mind-body exercises that they can do to quickly release that anger when they're ready to go and have a conversation, right? So that they can be calm and grounded, right? And the reason this is always the first step is because we are trained as human beings, not trained, but like we're wired to read other people's emotional states and our nervous system at like an unconscious level is going to either put up our defenses, like put up our walls, or open up depending on how the other person approaches us. Okay. So this is really super important. So if I'm coming, I always tell my people, like, if I come, you know, at my husband, like with a metaphorical knife, he's going to want to pull out, you know, his shield. Right. But if I come with an olive branch, he's going to be more open and receptive to whatever it is I have to say. And I would say that piece, like, you know, calibrating your emotions, leveraging them right knowing which ones are going to be most beneficial to you to have a challenging conversation is the most important thing even more so than like the words that we say okay so that's step one is basically learning how to release and process some of these feelings in order to show up calmly to a conversation and then step two right when you combine that with certain language that's also going to increase the chances that there's not a fight. There's not a heated conversation. So 
I have lots of different scripts that I teach my people. Some of the key principles that I that I talk about, like if I if I want to have a conversation with my husband, for example, about the rules at our home when it comes to like his kiddos. And this is not true, but you know, I know a lot of people experience this in their homes yeah. is that their spouse is super sensitive to like any sort of <laughs> what could be perceived as criticism about yeah. the way that like he or she is parenting the kiddos, right? So if I know that going in, if I know that my spouse is likely to get defensive, you know, I might say something like, I noticed the other night, neither one of us enforced the screen time rules that we had talked about. You know, I'm probably wrong about this, but I'm making that mean that this rule maybe isn't important to you. Like, tell me, tell me how I'm wrong, (laughs) right? So I'm saying what I need to say, but also not focused on being right. Okay. So that's like a very key principle is that when we're in a conversation, if we don't want to fight with somebody, it's not about who's right and who's wrong. It's about understanding the other person. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it's almost like a feel felt found. Is it kind of something like that? Like I have not heard that, but it could be. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, it's like, this is like, you know, this is how I feel. This is what I found. Yeah. This is what, like you're saying, feeling and then this is what you know I felt and then this is what I found I mean it's it's not exactly the same but it seems very similar because you're not like pointing the finger like this is what you did exactly but which I can yeah I can see where I've done that many times (laughs) (laughs) we all have right and it's not to say you can't like bring that up but when we're in a conversation like we want to be on the same team as ourselves we want to communicate that Right. So it doesn't matter who's right and who's wrong. Right. So when we like I talk about with my clients, like our fighting hats versus our cooperative hat. And when we're in a cooperative state, we're talking about nuance. Right. Things aren't black and white. Like there's room for both of us to be wrong in our assumptions here. Right. Um, I talk about the idea of us. Right. We're focused on us as a team and not just like me or not just you. Right. We're focused on us. We're using specific examples. So we want to talk about very, very specific incidences. And then we use I statements to take responsibility for our feelings. So there's no blame involved, right? Um, Versus the fighting hat, which is like, it's very much, if I'm in, got my fighting hat on, I'm very much focused on me. I'm focused on being right. I am focused on generalizations over specific things. I am prone to give ultimatums, right? Which everybody hates. Nobody wants an ultimatum. Okay. So that's another kind of way to, to sort of look at that and approach that. Right. But again, it, that all, it all stems from this idea that we're a couple, we're a team, we're seeking to understand each other, not to like get our way. Right. Or not to prove ourselves right. Because when, when somebody's right in a marriage, someone else always loses. Yeah. That's so beautiful. Like, I love that. I love the two different hats too. That's such a great visual kind of representation of thinking, oh, wait, like, which hat do I have on right now? Am I coming at this Mm -hmm. like gloves on? Like I'm ready to duke it out till the ninth, you know, or exactly. Yeah. Or is it like, Hey, like we're on the same team here, like pickleball here. We're together here. Like we're, we're a team. Let's go. Like we can, it's us against this challenge versus me versus you. Yeah. 
Wow. Which I can, I know like that was a lot of issues. Like, you know, when not as much now, but like when my stepson, when we, he was growing up because there was like a separate household. So it was almost, you know, I know we talked about before about transitions and how that's such a hard time mm-hmm. for us um, as stepmoms, like when maybe the kids are leaving or maybe when they're coming back, you know, cause a yeah. lot of the time it's like almost like you're retraining everything in your household, you know, like, cause if the situation mm-hmm. you're household has different rules than the other household. Maybe our household was a little bit stricter. We had more rules where the other household was a little bit more loosey goosey, kind of do whatever you want. It's not as fun as our house, like potentially Mm -hmm. because we've got all these rules. Yep. (laughs) You know? Yeah. Yeah. So it just made it like challenging in that situation. And that's where, you know, those strategies would have been really helpful to be like, Hey, we're on the same page. This is what we want. These are conversations that we had versus like, what, when are you going to go say something to him? Like, when are you going to go do something? And like, (laughs) you know, put that on him when we're a team together. Yes. Yes. It's like stepping into like sort of putting aside the myth that we're individuals (laughs) And embracing the idea that really a marriage is about community and partnership and, and also understanding that we really need each other. Yeah, we really do. Like we're not designed to be alone. We're, we're social creatures, right? People in solitary confinement, like literally going insane because they don't have that social connection. So it really is a basic social need. And it's what we all want deep down, right? We all want to be understood. We all want to be loved and accepted by our spouses but the only way we do that is by regulating our emotions first so that we can give ourselves the opportunities to do that and it's really um you know it's really quite beautiful because when you actually get into a rhythm with your spouse and start to have these conversations you just learn more about them like where they're coming from and it you know, assuming that you love this person at baseline, it just makes <laughs> you love them even more, Yeah. <laughs> you know, and that's really what true intimacy is. It's, it's understanding all of these layers of our partners. Yeah. Absolutely. Getting to know them better. Yeah. So that is great for like working with your spouse on these things, but as yeah. a stepmom, Right. How do you talk about helping and building relationships with your step kids? Because yeah, it can also totally. be something very challenging, which I don't think is talked about enough. Um, yeah, you know that feeling that stepmoms have, and maybe the guilt with if you like don't feel like you love your step child, or you know I'm yeah. supposed to feel this way, but maybe I don't, or it's harder than right. I thought it would be, or you know there's so yeah. many mixed emotions. So how do you work uh, on like helping stepmoms like maybe even build that relationship or having ownership? Like, hey, girl, it's cool. You you don't have to like it. Like you don't have to like right. it. It's fine to yeah. feel upset or frustrated or angry, you know, all those emotions you were kind of talking about before. Yeah. And that's exactly, so the way that I work with my clients is also in, in many ways, the ways that I uh, show them how to do with their kids as well. So like the very first step is kind of like what you were referring to is we're just going to unshame everything that's going on inside of you. Like it's normal if you feel like you're having a hard time loving them or even liking them, that's very normal. It's normal to have resentment, normal to feel dread. It's normal to feel anxious, right? So we just unshame all of that because that's 
that's sort of like the first um, layer, the first thing that that's getting in the way of them having that relationship that they're yeah. maybe craving or desiring with this kiddo, right? Because all of those feelings kind of cloud our abilities to have that relationship. And once yeah. we accept them, then they're not a problem anymore. And it's easier for us to just maybe notice them and let them go. Okay. And then we also do that, like in order to build a better relationship with our stepkids, we also work in the same way. We want to validate and normalize all of their feelings too. Okay. So like a big one, like you said, is, um, you know, when there's different sets of rules between households, yeah. right? And it's so funny because I feel like, you know, I, um, the women that I speak to, I feel like it's, it, we all, they must be attracted to, it's like all the same people come to me. It's like our house is stricter, you know, it's less fun, right? So, and that's very common. It's very common to have differences. It is challenging to have differences, but at the same time, kids don't need things to be the same across homes. They just need to know that it's hard and they're going to be okay, right? So we want to validate all of their feelings. And also then from a parenting standpoint, um, be a detective for what, like if we look at the feeling or the behavior rather that they're doing, like if they're not listening or they're hitting their sibling or whatever, if we look at that as a, a clue to sort of the larger emotional picture that's going on underneath the surface. If we look at maybe unkind words that they say as just a clue to maybe some difficult emotions that they're having underneath the surface, mm -hmm. then we can start to, again, use some of those same principles of being curious, of seeking to understand where they're coming from, of helping them to think of different strategies for, you know, dealing with their feelings rather than hitting, rather than um, not listening, that are more useful, right? Mm -hmm. So that we start to, we help them understand themselves. We give them, we help them think about different ways to, you know, calm their own bodies down, right? Yeah. And there's lots of tools that I give my people on, on how to do that, that work for kids yeah. as young as two. But we teach them how to calm their own bodies down instead of, you know, hitting their sibling. Uh, we teach them how to, you know, do something that they don't want to do by validating. Like, yeah, it is hard to do something you don't want to do. Yeah, <laughs> I get right. it. And I still need you to do this. Right. So we become more like an ally with them when we when we seek to understand them, when we validate their emotions, when we help them understand themselves. That's beautiful. Like. Yeah. I would love to know, cause I'm sitting here thinking, you know, if there's moms listening that are like, I have no idea how to be curious and not like right. be crazy or like nagging or like mm -hmm. pushing too much. You know what I mean? Like, cause some yeah. kids don't talk, you know, how do you, you have, I'm just curious, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. How do you teach moms or like, are there questions or, you know, that you teach moms to kind of talk to their kids or their stepkids about how do you get curious without being like naggy and then forcing too much when then you, it leads to a fight. That's just kind of what I'm thinking. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So I think from like an emotional standpoint, we also have to um, help ourselves be like, not need the kids yeah. to change in order for us to be okay. Yeah. Okay. So we're kind of like unattached to whether or not they listen to us or take it in or actually change. So one is we want to just practice not, not feeling like we need them to be any different than they are because we know on the inside that we're good parents. 
Okay. No matter how they so behave, it's not a reflection right? of us. So like them exactly their behavior is not a reflection to me. Okay. Exactly right. So we deep first we help you like depersonalize that behavior, yeah. right? And like a question that I give people to ask themselves when it comes to really any challenging person is, you know, if this wasn't about me, what might it be about here? What else might be going on, right? So we remove the personalization, we remove the idea that, you know, I'm a bad parent, right? This is my fault. I should be nicer, right? All the judgments, all the criticism. And we broaden the perspective when we start, when we ask ourselves, what else might be going on here? Yeah. Okay. Um, but again, the way to not get sucked into a fight is to actually, you know, tap into empathy, mm. right? And you can get into that by asking yourself, what else might be going on here for this child? Like, if it doesn't have anything to do with me, what might be going on? And a lot of times people see, for example, like they must, you know, maybe they're just having like a really bad day. Maybe they didn't sleep enough hours, right? Maybe they got in a fight with their friend. Maybe they're feeling guilty, um, you know, that they like us and you know their mom doesn't want them to right yeah, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean like maybe they're just crazy because it's a transition day yeah so once we know that we can offer the kids you know suggestions we can offer language and guess what if they don't respond to that then we just let it go mm-hmm. because we know we don't need them to change in order for us to be okay okay so like I think the main message there for moms is just to practice depersonalizing with that question so that you can find empathy for this kiddo, yeah. right? Because that's really what's going to allow you to not get involved in an argument or a power battle or a debate. And guess what? If you find yourself in that situation where you're like really getting heated and like, you know, <laughs> want to start yelling, or maybe you have yelled, you can like be like okay time out like I'm gonna go you know in the other room and take a few deep breaths so that I can calm my body down so that I can you know we can really talk about this yeah right depending on the age of the kid of course right you might use different language but you're allowed to stop like you don't have to nobody's gonna be perfectly like some zen buddha all the time (laughs) right you're you can have an exit strategy and come back and that's a very healthy strategy and it also teaches children like this is normal, right? It's normal to get upset. It's normal to take a break. It's normal to come back when we're calmer here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I, um, I love that. So, cause then yeah, you kind of, you can use that obviously like with your spouse or anyone, like any discussion that you're in that is getting a little yes. out of control, you can be like, okay, like I need to go like, you know, take a half an hour walk or I need to end this phone call. Like I would, you know, let me come back to it because I'm feeling a little overworked or we're not, you know, it's, it's not going in a, the way that it's not being as productive as I wanted it to be. Um, exactly. You know, and that is how, like, that is part of the strategy, you know, going back to what we first talked about earlier, that is how people cut their heated fights in half because, you know, they're showing up calmer. They're using specific language that helps them not be right. That, you know, includes I statements that focuses on us versus, you know, versus the problem. Um, they're using that language, but then if things do get heated, they have an exit strategy mm-hmm. because honestly, like if two people, especially two adults are defensive with one another, it's like two toddlers, like yeah. in a boxing <laughs> ring, you know, it's, 
and, it, and it's not like it's it's real. I'm not trying to put anybody down, but our brains, when we're in that state, our rational minds are literally like offline. It's yeah. like they have left the building and we're fighting with that more like primal part of us. And that's why we end up saying stuff we regret. And that's why like we do things that we're, you know, quote unquote, feel ashamed of. But it's really because it's like our inner toddlers, our inner child have come out and you're never going to get anywhere when you're in that space. <laughs> okay. Yeah. You know, yeah. speaking from experience, right? <laughs> that makes total, total sense. So do you... Yeah. So is there, so is this all the same? It sounds like this is all things that you can use with kids and stepmoms, no matter the age. So like if you have younger kids, so like you said, you can teach them things starting at two years old, but moms yeah. that have toddlers versus stepmoms that have like toddlers, you know, mm -hmm. and then the teenagers. And then as they get older and into high school and then they're out of the house, because even though it's like, oh yeah, well, once they're 18, they're on their own. I feel like the problems are always still there. Um, you know, there's yeah. always still things like, okay, now let's talk about, you know, holidays and how we're going to work that. Exactly. You know, so it's something that always is going on. So these are great strategies that you can just use at any point in your life that maybe you just have to tweak some things like as they get older or situations are different or when they're yeah. talking back to you more, or, you know, I'm in the teenager phase right now. So, you know, there's a lot of things that you can kind of work on that go through the test of time, but you might just have to come back and like tweak those conversations. Cause now the child is older. Um, and exactly. Might be different. Yeah, totally. Right. Like, a you know, my daughter, she's like almost 18 months you know, there's a lot she doesn't understand, right? Yeah. <laughs> there's yeah. not a whole lot that I can do, you know, in terms of um, stopping her from hitting people, right? Other than telling her, no, like we don't hit. Yeah, <laughs> right. Um, but I can hold her when she's crying and just say like, oh yeah, it looks like you're so upset, you know, and just let her cry. Yeah. You know, you're allowed to cry. You're allowed to be upset. You know, mommy's here. Right. And then with my 15 year old stepson, <laughs> right. That's going to look very different, right? Yeah. Like, okay, I'm going to separate you now because you're not being safe with your sibling when you hit her. Right. And then we might have a conversation where he's like, I'm just so frustrated. And I'm like, yeah, you're allowed to be frustrated. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't mean you have a right to hit your sibling. Mm -hmm. Right. So, um, and he already knows lots of stuff. So I'll be like, what are the tools you have? to help with your frustration yeah <laughs> like, oh that's like, awesome you know <laughs> like take some deep breaths right even just breathing okay breathing going to punch a pillow other than your sister <laughs> right like so obviously the older they get the more um nuanced and specific you can be but that principle you know of validating allowing setting boundaries mm -hmm. kind of is the core um philosophy of the way that I um, help people to relate to their stepkids, even in those really tough moments. Yeah. What would you say, or maybe you've already like said it today, but yeah. I just ask you, like, what would you say is kind of the number one concern or problem? Let's just say when a stepmom comes to work with you, that is the thing that she's having like the biggest issue with. Is there one thing that kind of really stands out that like pretty much this is like Such a good question <laughs> come to me with, because I do feel yeah. like, and that's why I wanted to have you on because I don't feel like yeah. 
being a stepmom is ever talked about or like how no. do we have moms or how do we have this discussion or it is really freaking hard it's so challenging yeah. I don't like my brain isn't working the like I don't know where I'm going I'm like a yeah robot. I don't I don't know what I'm doing so I want to make sure we have this yeah. conversation so stepmoms know like there is a place for them to go there is yes. help there but like you aren't alone and you are allowed you are not alone yes. just like you said you know to your child like you're allowed to have these feelings like I just think that's so beautiful to like release mm-hmm. that shame you know yeah. in motherhood of any kind but even being a stepmom because there is no you know, there's no written rules. Yeah, exactly. There's no written rules. And the ones like the guidelines that are out there, I think are not helpful. <laughs> for <most> people. <laughs> but um, sort of the biggest problem, I mean, that's a, that's a good question because I guess as I'm sitting here and we're having this conversation, what I see the most is, and, and people, when they come to me, they don't identify as this, but when I tell them, they're like, oh my God, like that is me. Yeah. Is people get stuck in a state of like chronic stress Mm -hmm. and like chronic fight or flight. And so all they can focus on in their family are the problems. Yeah. Right. How difficult things are with the stepkids, how challenging the ex is, um, how like how their spouse is overly permissive with the kids, right? Doesn't want to enforce the rules. So all they can see are the problems. And I tell them that makes so much sense because when we're in a a state of chronic stress or chronic anxiety, like that's how we're designed to think. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Those, those things go hand in hand. Okay. And so that's why the solution is always to, we have to alleviate that we have, and then we have to give you the tools to mitigate and release those emotions as they come up so that you can start to see that there are good things mm-hmm. and really feel that, right? Really feel like the love from your spouse more often. Um, be able to see, you know, tangible shifts in your dynamics with your spouse because you're conversing in a different way, right? Because you're no longer in a state of chronic stress, right? Being able to enjoy spending time with your stepkids sometimes, right? Maybe not all the time, right? <laughs> <laughs> And then showing up as a, as a calmer parent so that you feel good yeah. about the way you're interacting. And you know that no matter what, you have that confidence. Like, I am not the one screwing this up here, <laughs> you know, because I yes. think I, think I want to feel that way. I want to feel that way. <laughs> yeah, because I think so many people, because there's all these messages, like, you know, first of all, culturally, there's like four, you know, um, Disney movies where stepmoms are the murderous villains. So there's literal cultural messages and there has been for centuries that stepmoms are evil, right? So we sort of absorb that when we're kids as little sponges and we question, we question ourselves, we doubt ourselves in that role. And it makes yeah. sense because of society, right? Because of culturally the influences that we're under. Um, and so a lot of doubt creeps in a lot of, you know, self-reflection creeps in. Am I doing this right? Am I a bad person? Right. That turns into, well, this is really difficult and I don't know how to deal with it. And nobody's validating that this is difficult and I don't know what to do when I feel really alone. And bam, you know, a year later, I'm like stuck in a chronic state of stress. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. It's so true. <laughs> yeah, it is. Right. And so again, like I said, people will come to me and they'll be like, I resent my stepkids. I can't stop fighting with my spouse. I have a really poor relationship with, you know, my stepdaughter or whatever. Um, the, the, my partner's ex is like really aggressive and not good with boundaries, yeah. right? Like they'll come with that, but the, 
problem is really inside how my body has been responding to that mm-hmm. because we can't we can't control those other people right like we're not controlling anybody but we can first um, adjust how we feel about these things so that we can actually be more strategic in doing something about them if there is anything to be done yeah that makes so much sense because it is, it's all about like that mindset and the things that you focus on, more of those things yeah. are attracted to you. So if you're focusing on all the negative things, whether it's in your job, whether it's in your marriage, whether it's with your kids, more of those things are going to unintentionally, like you don't even know this or realize it, but like they are going to start happening. So once you yeah. can make those small shifts and realize that, and then look at the things that are positive or the things that you want more of, or those tiny little things like, oh my God, they put one thing in the dishwasher and even though right place <laughs> and I might go move they it later it. they right? still did it they they did yes. do it that's a yes, way they did do it yeah so one of the I mean and this is maybe for your you know for anybody who wants to to tap more into that like one of the things I love asking people about their spouses is like how do they show me the love already yeah. like what are the small ways that they do it or what's good about my marriage already because when we focus on like you know if I think about my own marriage um I love the way that my husband always like stocks up our cabinets <laughs> like like for some preppers or something right but we always okay. have we always have like you know pasta sauce or um pasta noodles or tuna fish like it's always there right I love that all the and I love that like right all the staples he stocks all the staples right and I love that um you know, if I say something like, oh, I'm out of ibuprofen, like a few days later, a bottle will just appear on my desk, right? So like, when I think about that, I feel really seen and really loved. Yeah. Right. And so for everybody here, who's maybe like really down right now in your life or your marriage, whatever, as a stepmom, even if you're not a stepmom, right? This This can apply universally. What is good right now, right? About my marriage? What how do, how do I know my partner loves me? What are the small ways they love me, right? And then you can turn that towards your stepkids. Like what's one small thing that I like about them, right? Like if I think about for me, I love the way like how my eldest stepson um, is so loving towards my daughter, right? His baby sister, right? I really appreciate that. It's really beautiful to see, you know, their relationship, right? It's a small thing, but it, it matters. Yeah. Right. So we can even help ourselves to quote unquote, see those good things just by asking that simple question. Yeah. Oh, I love that. That's so beautiful. Thank you for, for sharing that, that, and it's interesting. I don't know if you notice it or not, and you probably do this in your coaching that you change your voice and like your cadence and like the sound Mm -hmm. of your voice. Like I'm sure. Yes. It's unintentional, but intentional at the same time. Um, yes. But I just noticed it. I'm like, oh, <laughs> you're just so soft and warm and cozy right now. Yeah. So, okay. So that's funny that you said that because then I am trained in conversational hypnosis, which means that initially I learned that, you know, that the way that we speak to our conscious and unconscious minds is different. And now I guess I just do it automatically. So... <laughs> I noticed it. Good job. Good job. 
Um, but it is. And it's, I noticed that with a lot of um, like coaches, uh, different, different yeah. coaches and stuff like that, like changing your voice yeah. and, and you, you know, calming your voice and yeah. slowing your cadence and um, yeah. all that. Well, there's so. science behind that, right? Like there's, and, and some people may not even realize they're doing it, but there it's linked to science because most of our stuff is actually dictated by our unconscious mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I love it. I noticed. So good job. Um, yeah. All right. So we can probably keep talking for hours because I'm like, oh crap, we're good. We're good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> so is there mm-hmm. anything you have shared so much, Kristen, but is there anything yes. that you still feel like is on your heart or maybe that you haven't touched on or touched about enough or just want to get that message out to, you know, the mamas and the stepmamas that are listening right now? Yes. Yeah. Mom or stepmom, I just want to offer to you that whatever it is that you're dealing with, like if you're having a hard time right now, I do want to let you know that it's normal Mm -hmm. and you really are not alone. And there are so many platforms and people now that can support you in that. So you don't have to keep feeling alone. You don't have to keep feeling like things are really hard. So, you know, that message is one of hope. Yeah, truly. I love that. Oh yeah. It's so true. Cause, and that's, you know, the whole, the whole point of this podcast, the whole point of the summit, like everything is to be like, you aren't mm-hmm. alone. Like we're in this together, even if we're in different situations or what I'm farther along in my journey. Cause I have older kids than you like, right. We got you. Like we're here together. Like I'm having a yes. hard time. You're helping me. You're having a hard time. I'm helping you. Like we are in this together. Um, but it can feel very lonely and you can go down that rabbit hole if you allow yourself to. And sometimes you do. And, and then there's always somebody there to help you out, you know, when you're ready. So I love that message. Exactly. I love that message of hope. Thank you. Yes. So how can people find you? And I'll share, you know, your information in the show notes, yeah. but how, what would be the best way if someone wanted to contact you to be like, okay, I need some help with my emotional regulation and all these conversations and getting (laughs) out of that stress cycle. Yes, yes, totally. So I would say first, um, check out my Instagram. It's at the.stepmom.coach. And I know it'll be uh, linked in the notes here, but I actually give you an introduction to some of these tools that I've talked about, right? To help you regulate your emotions if you want to, right? I also give a lot of simple scripts on there, right? So come check out all that free stuff. And then you can also just DM me directly on Instagram. I'm also on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash coaching with Kristen. You can come check me out there, come DM me there as well. But basically, you know, there's lots of uh, really amazing free stuff that you can actually start using right away, right? Sort of test it out for yourself and notice how you feel right? You can start like enjoying some of these benefits that we've talked about here just by visiting um, either of those pages. Cool. Awesome. Thank you. Oh my gosh. I almost forgot. Like the one question that I ask everyone, I almost forgot it because I was so (laughs) into the conversation and so present. What would I have done if I forgot it? Okay. But I didn't. Oh my God. That's the (laughs) important thing. Okay. So we've talked about some things, but I always love to ask every single one that comes on um, just because we tend to not root for ourselves enough, cheer for ourselves mm-hmm. enough, recognize those things that we are doing. Like we'll recognize in others and our kids and our stepkids and our spouse, but we might not recognize it in ourselves. So I would love to know what is something that you love about yourself right now? Mm. Take it away. A beautiful question. I love <laughs> it. I love it. So I guess 
really what's coming up for me is I love that I am, have become such a strong and resilient person who is willing to be this voice for other women, you know, whose shoes I have been in essentially, right? Because it does, it takes a lot of self-confidence to say the uncomfortable thing. Like it's okay for you to dread your stepkids, right? That's not a popular message (laughs) in some circles, right? But I'm out here doing it because I really believe it's true. And I believe that so many people are suffering unnecessarily, you know, and I'm showing up every single day, basically sharing um, some version of that same message. Mm -hmm. Like you are okay. And also if you want things to change, you are not eternally screwed to feel this way forever or to keep having tons and tons of fights. Right. And that has really also translated, right? Like what I preach is what I do in my home. And, and you guys will see this. If you come check me out on my pages, like I literally share like screenshots of, you know, arguments I've had with my husband to show people how I use these tools, (laughs) you know, and I'm not even like, honestly, I'm not even like thinking about it beforehand. I'm just like, oh, this is actually a really good example of what I'm talking about. Right. So I share lots of really personal things because I believe so deeply in this work and I really do, you know, walk the talk and it's not perfect. Right. If I don't want anybody to listen to this being like, oh, she's like perfect. She's got it all figured out. No, I'm just a human being embracing my humanness and helping other humans connect to what we all want deep down, which is to feel seen and loved and, you know, connected to one another. Oh, I love that. I'm so glad I did not forget to ask you that question. Oh my goodness. I know. I love the question. (laughs) Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate you, Kristen, being on here today. And I know that the mamas and stepmamas that are listening are just going to go find you and follow you on Instagram because you put a lot of good stuff and reels out there. So make sure you follow. And thank you so much for being here today and sharing so much of your wisdom with us. Thank you, Melissa. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for hanging out with me today. I hope you felt like you were hanging out with your bestie because now more than ever, we need community and connection. If you loved this conversation and have a friend who you believe needs to hear this, please share this episode with them. It could transform their day. Share it on social too, because you never know who needs to hear this message. Follow this podcast on Spotify or subscribe on Apple so you will never miss an episode and don't have to go searching for it each week. Make your life easier, my friend. Your support means the world to me. If you found inspiration today, take a second and leave me five stars and a personal written review on Apple Podcast so more moms feel less alone. That's how this message gets out to more mamas. If you want to stay connected on other levels, check out my new website, melissaclampett.com. There you'll be able to subscribe to my newsletter, send me a personal message, join the Reawakened Mom Circle, get free resources, book me to speak at an event, or just check out my musings I write about this amazing life. I can't wait to get to know you on a personal level. If you want to continue this conversation and take action on something we talked about today, Join me and other mamas in our free Facebook group, the Reawakened Mom Group. It's linked in the show notes because who has time to write it all down? Remember, we're stronger together. We're stronger supporting each other. We are stronger lifting each other up. We are stronger sharing our journeys and stories because you're not alone, like ever. 
I believe in you, mama. I see you. I hear you. I am Melissa Clampett, and this is the Reawakened Mom Podcast.